Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days This representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Rambling Runner Podcast Thank you so much for joining me I'm excited to bring you this episode which is basically a conversation that I had recently with Stevie Smith who's a registered dietitian over at Inside Tracker to analyze my recent blood work. So Inside Tracker is part of Mastering 40 series. I'm so excited to have them because while I can learn about how my body feels from just intuition, from how my workouts are going to how my pants are fitting and in a variety of other ways, getting a really uh, true understanding and full picture of exactly what my body um, or where my body currently stands and where I want it to get to is by having blood analysis done. And that's why as soon as I decided to do this project, I knew I wanted to work with Inside Tracker to do just that. So we're going to do four blood draws over the course of the year to see exactly how I progress. So this first one, which was done two weeks ago, basically, while you know I technically started mastering 40 at that point, you know, this is really kind of from a blood testing perspective, this is really starting from square one. Any positives that I had experienced in the first four to five weeks of mastering 40 really wouldn't have taken root at that point because it was basically like, hey, I'm just starting to work out here. I'm just starting to change my diet. Um, so this is really kind of a baseline level of where uh, my body was at that point and, you know, frankly still is and seeing where I can take it. So we go through all of it. The whole point of this entire series is to be open and honest and transparent throughout the process. Inside Tracker is at the forefront of this kind of work. And I was so excited to work with them. So Stevie walks me through all of my numbers. By that, I mean basically the numbers that need to be addressed. So we don't talk about all of the positive uh, biomarkers, and there were plenty. You know, We're talking about a little over 40 in total. We really focused on the ones that need work and what I can do to help improve them for the short and long term. So thank you so much, Stevie, for doing this. If you are interested in Inside Tracker, and I suggest that you give them a give them a look because so many of us are deficient in things that we aren't even aware that we're deficient in, go to either the link in the show notes or the links uh, on the Mastering 40 blog for Inside Tracker. If you use that link, you're going to save 20% off your purchase no matter how much you purchase. You can buy tests you know, say you buy a, you know, a four pack of tests, you can use them whenever. Um, that's what I'm doing here. But ultimately, it saves you 20%. And shoot, man, you're going to want to do that. So why not Why not save money when you can, especially on something as important as this? So um, from a blood testing perspective, I live in Rhode Island. Um, the labs in Rhode Island don't accept basically like private blood tests. This is basically what this is. That might not be the correct term, but that's kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, so I had to go into Massachusetts to get my blood test. Uh, that's not even 20 minutes away from my house. <laughs> so it was very close by. Went to Massachusetts uh, over in South Attleboro, had my blood test done. It was super easy. Then just came home. And then, uh, yeah, that was that. So let's get into it with Stevie Smith from Inside Tracker. Nice to meet you. I'm Stevie. Stevie, um, it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm one of the registered dietitians on the team. Um, one of the sports dietitians. I've been with Inside Tracker for uh, two and a half years now, but I've been a user for four years. Um, Ironman athlete myself, that was my weapon of choice, but more in the endurance crowd of athletes. Um, so yeah, so typically, you know, kind of just doing the blood work review, I usually go top to bottom 
and let you know what I see, what my recommendations are, you know, kind of give you just a little bit more in depth, like, oh, this might be high because of X, Y, and Z. And these are my recommendations for you to, you know, optimize and improve this biomarker. But also, like, as I kind of go through stuff, feel free to interrupt me and ask questions. Um, so... All right, I can do that. So um, I'm not going to come preloaded with questions. I certainly have a bunch, but I want to let you do your thing first, and then we can kind of pick up from there. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, I know with Inside Tracker, you go to the dashboard. You're initially prompted to say what what is what is your main concern area, yeah. and I guess like I have like five different. So I just ended up clicking on like just tell me what my blood work what each section looked like. Uh, so I did the ultimate pack, the ultimate test, which has so many different uh, biomarkers in it. And um, after seeing the results, I know we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And like picking what that main goal is, is really helpful because okay. it'll prompt you and, you know, per your preferences kind of, you know, based on the algorithms and our platform and what we know about you, it'll give you the most impactful interventions that you can take, you know, whether it's lifestyle, supplement, food, you know, whatever you choose. Um, it is good to pick one because you want to make sure you're implementing things that you can see like, yes, this did actually improve. Like, you know, if I start taking vitamin C, and I track it and I get, you know, my um, blood retested. And you can be like, all right, I did these three interventions, like vitamin C, more whole grains, more yoga. And then you can see like, okay, these actually did work rather than like trying to throw like 12 things at everything. And then you're like, okay, I don't know if my cholesterol is better because of this or because of, you know, whatever other intervention it is so okay so i guess in the moment where i am now is you know my ultimate goal is next year this time to be breaking 40 in the 10k um what i need to do in the short term is um a variety of things but i think the key thing that my coach agreed on agreed upon was just basically lowering body fat so over the last year or so i probably put on 20 25 pounds um and it's not from lifting Okay. So I think that's, that's the, that's step one, uh, so yeah. to speak, uh, you know, in addition to, you know, I'm, I'm now that I'm healthy, I can start adding mileage and I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. but ultimately weight loss, especially in the next three to six months, um, if I had to rank priority, that might be the first one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, now is the time to kind of focus on that when you're not, you know, two weeks away from your goal race or whatever people trying to lose weight drop weight too too close to their you know goal races or in the middle of the season is kind of like ah because of course with someone active the big thing is you know like just from a dietitian perspective is okay if weight loss is the goal we don't want to do it in like a high training high volume high stress environment where you're putting yourself at risk for um being deficient in both macro and micronutrients so um i have your blood work here so I'm just going to pull this out and go from the top. So the first big thing is your lipid group. Again, something that people are more, you know, these biomarkers are people are a little bit more familiar with because, you know, you get this done with your primary care physician. So your LDL cholesterol was 206. Your HDL cholesterol was 49. 
your triglycerides were 167 and your total cholesterol was 288. Right. So I've had um, higher cholesterol for a while. So it's definitely something that um, is not a new thing. So I don't remember a time where it was under 225. Okay. So it's always been fairly high. I can't speak to the the breakdown specifics, whether okay. you know, LDL, HDL, things like that. Um, but I definitely can say that overall, I think the last time I had it done, um, and maybe there's even some tracking with some previous tests that I've done with Inside Tracker, but I know that I've been around hovering, hovered around 250 for quite a while. Yeah. So this is definitely just, I would say this group should be one of your main focus uh, groups right now, especially with, you know, pretty much all of them falling high, um, except for your HDL, which is just a touch low. Um, so I would say your lipid panel, and you should definitely send these over to your doctor too. Um, there's a lot of things that we can kind of unpack and address here. Do you follow like any sort of certain type of like diets? Um, you know, like what's your right, typical like eating pattern? Well, it's something that's changing now. Okay. <laughs> so over the past month, I'm working with a registered dietitian uh, okay. who's a very good runner. Uh, Starla Garcia is her name. So uh, we are implementing a new diet. Uh, or you know, nutrition strategy. Um, before that, uh, yeah, I didn't really have like a you know, a food plan, so to okay. speak. You know, uh, usually like, I had you know, especially so I started working from home things first week of March. So before that, I had a typical office job for a while, and a lot of times I was traveling. Um, I would eat a lot of fast food. Okay. Um, I know that's, you know, a lot, like, what does that mean? But it would, you know, traditionally be, you know, get food, fast food at least five times a week. Okay. Um, and then in addition to that, and this is going back a long time, this is not, it was not like a new development. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I would, I have quite a sweet tooth, mm-hmm. which I would usually indulge and, um, I would definitely do that. Uh, and then, you know, my meals, if, you know, if I was eating the meals either at my house that I was preparing for me and my family, um, those have traditionally been pretty solid. You know, okay. I think the, the, the biggest change that Starla has made to my meals mm-hmm. is more protein. Okay. So to kind of satiate some of my cravings, um, and also just adding more protein to my diet, um, so with that, you know, adding protein to breakfast and lunch has recently been a priority. And then, you know, trying to make it so that I'm less likely to do a binge snack yep. at some point during the day, especially mid-afternoon or at night. And then, you know, having specific, you know, specific snacks that have been my go-to. So recently I've been using like a Prevanex, like vegan protein powder shake, which has been good for me, like post-run in the morning. I'll mm-hmm. have like a UCAN bar. Mm-hmm. Um, either for a mid-afternoon snack or mid-morning snack, maybe coupled with something else. And then stuff like that has worked pretty well, integrating that. Um, but it's just getting used to also understanding like the hunger side of like, am I actually hungry or am I stressed? Or am I actually hungry or am I tired? Or am I actually hungry or are my right. kids driving me nuts? So like it's also getting a handle on that. Yep. Yep. That's definitely important. The stress factor as well. Um, yeah, the fast food could uh, definitely make a lipid panel look like this. So, you know, looking at your lipid panel, I see high cholesterol, high LDL cholesterol, low HDL, and high 
triglycerides. I always stumble over that word, always have. So this is kind of, you know, I'm not trying to be alarmist, but this is kind of the most dangerous combination of lipid markers. Um, so this is where as a dietitian, again, I know we have performance and training goals, but this I think should fall at a very, you know, um, high priority just because this this kind of lipid panel plus i saw your hscrp which we'll talk about an inflammation marker um this really increases your risk of um developing cardiovascular disease it's pretty high with a panel that looks like this um so definitely focusing on improving your lipid panel would be like one of the numbers number one things um you know, and a big part of this is, you know, looking at fiber, fruits and vegetables, um, looking at, again, where are we getting our fat sources from? We always talk about it, oatmeal at Inside Tracker. Oatmeal is one of our, our most favorite foods. Um, as our lead nutrition scientist, Ashley, says um, that she believes that everybody should eat a bowl of oatmeal every day <laughs> for their heart health. Um, and it's, you know, um, also being an athlete, I find it a great tool in the toolbox for making sure a, we're getting enough, but it's very nutrient rich. Um, you can make it a very, even more nutrient rich meal with like what you put on top of your oatmeal, which I think is the best part about oatmeal. Um, for someone who's busy, you can always make it great with uh, overnight oats you know, putting in a little mason jar. It's a great way to add in um, fruit as well. You know, one of the things for this panel, you know, try to at least get two servings of high fiber, low sugar fruit, um, especially with your glucose being a little bit high. Um, you know, making sure that you're getting enough sleep is another big part of this, um, getting this group optimized. I know you're around like the six hour, at least that's what you put mm. in your <laughs> And that sounds like that might even be generous. Um, it is. It is quite generous. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably closer to five. Yeah. So trying to like keep on working on um, sleep hygiene is of course important for all sorts of overall health and well-being, but especially also for um, helping your lipid panel. Um, testosterone was another thing. We'll talk about that. Sleep is a big, sleep and recovery are big in that as well. Um, so like I mentioned, oatmeal is one of our favorite focus foods for this, but where can we get in whole grains? Um, you know, fiber, fiber, fiber. It's almost squash season again. So adding in, you know, things like squash, your high fiber fruits, um, potatoes, another thing I enjoy for this beans, you can never go wrong with any sort of bean. Um, and I, I got a lot of jelly beans in the house. Is that, is that uh, what you're referring to? <laughs> not jelly beans, definitely not jelly beans. I mean, jelly beans every once in a while, eat those, eat those around your workouts. Um, <laughs> but focusing, um, on your lipid group is definitely something I find very important here too, as well. Okay. Can we talk about mm -hmm. things? So, so how I'm currently eating right now, and maybe I don't know if this is the right spot to talk about it, but I, I have like a pretty stable set of meals that I've been eating. Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about that now or do you want to save that for later? Let's just go into it. Why not? Okay. All right. Um, so typically what I'll do is I'll run in the morning kind of before my kids wake up. Mm -hmm. So out the door, come home, and, and then I'll have – Basically, like the the shake, 
Okay. So the protein powder, vegan shake, and I'll have it like, so basically two scoops of that with maybe, you know, four to six ounces of milk and like four to six ounces of water is what I mix it with. Okay. So I have it like right away because I can't really make breakfast right away because my kids are kind of barreling down the stairs at that point. So then I'll have that right away. Then what I'll do is you need an hour or two later, um, I'll have kind of a proper breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then what, what Starla has me doing um, is what is, is kind of um, trying to trying to hit all the, all the different kind of food groups in a sense. So mm-hmm. I'll, usually I'll have, you know, I'll usually have some fruit. I'll have some eggs. I'll have a piece of toast with you know, maybe butter on it or something like that. And then uh, I've been upping the protein. So she usually wants me to add, you know, add some sort of meat in there as well um, mm-hmm. from a satiation standpoint. Um, so that's typically what it's been. It's so like today was an example was I had um, two eggs, toast, piece of fruit and uh, chicken sausage with it. And then um, for snack time, it's usually like, again, maybe like a can bar um, or I'll have like fruit and maybe some cheese, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, lunch would be. Yeah, I can kind of alter it a couple couple different ways, but you know, basically, again, some sort of meat, and then throw some veggies in there with a carb. Um, mm-hmm. Afternoon snack, um, kind of the same sort of deal. Where it's like, if there's going to be a carb, try to have it balanced out with some sort of protein mm-hmm. um, along those lines. And then dinner for me, for our family, has always been pretty consistent. It's like there's mm-hmm. like usually some sort of meat on there, there's a vegetable on there, and there's a starch on there. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes. Um, sometimes I'll pass on the starch. Sometimes I won't, but usually I don't usually mm-hmm. I'll go with it. Um, and then because of how like my work schedule has been, I've been going to bed later than I tra- would traditionally want to. So mm-hmm. we've kind of altered the idea of like, am I, am I eating something after dinner? Mm-hmm. And because I've been going to bed traditionally around 11 to 1130, it's hard for me just to like not eat. Yeah. You know, cause like, we'll we'll have dinner at like five 30. So yeah. like at 11, it's been six hours and I'm like famished if I don't eat, you know, then all of a sudden I'll binge like crazy. So she's been like, all right, let's plan on the fact that you're going to be hungry and not try to like starve yourself. And all of a sudden you're jumping off a cliff to eat some food. So, you know, I've been having like some sort of like, you know, whole milk yogurt or you know, a, a yogurt type, type, you know, type dish. Um, I don't know, nine ish. We don't have like a time associated with it, but you know, something, something in that time range uh, to kind of alleviate potentially doing some, some destructive damage, <laughs> destructive damage uh, in, the, in the pantry. Yeah. Yeah. And how long have you been, have like these changes been implemented? So we've been talking about this for a month. Okay. Um, I would say over the last week and a half, I've been doing a lot better at really like dialing that in. Uh, at first the meals were just, were just too big for me at first, like especially at breakfast. I think part of it was I was just eating too fast. And I was like, oh God, this is like uncomfortable. Um, but I'm kind of getting used to it and it is making me want to snack less, which is but, nice. Um, so but feeling better. Is that what I'm hearing? I would, I would say, yeah, I was, I'd say, oh, especially this week, it feels like I'm less like I need candy now mm-hmm. type feel. Um, and I'm doing a better job of sticking within and she's giving me a pretty wide range. I'm doing better of even sticking within that range. So I don't feel like it's constrictive, but even then occasionally I would just like, you know, go off the reservation. Right. Right. No, those are some good changes. Um, sounds like a good 
pattern to kind of address like one of what seems like your big issue. What I'm hearing is kind of going off the rails on that binge eating. Um, I mean, not that we all haven't been there, no shame. Um, but when we realize that it's kind of like a consistent habit, it's something we're, we're doing all the time. And when we're doing this, we're not often making, um, you know, the best food choices. Again, you don't always have to be perfect, but that sounds like a good pattern. I'm glad you're getting into a groove. Um, Oh, last thing I forgot to say, I'm so sorry to you. I didn't include like when I have the breakfast part is usually a veggie scramble. So there's also like a, a handful of spinach I'll saute first and then the eggs and then the, yeah. the meat. So I don't know if that changes anything, but I did want to include that. More veggies is always good. <laughs> I always tell people fruits and veggies, go for it. Like, you know, no, no limit. The limit does not exist. I mean, of course it does. You can only eat so many of them. And I always remember, remind people to increase their water intake when they're increasing their fiber intake and uh, those types of pro tips. So you're not feeling a little, uh, blocked up or, you know, when we increase fiber, if people aren't used to eating a lot of fiber, they're not expecting kind of like, Oh, digestion is going to be a little bit different and bloating is normal. Um, those types of things when I tell people to kind of just include fruits and veggies wherever you can. And like, that's great. Um, breakfast is one of my favorite spots to include more veggies. It's a great spot to take leftover veggies from dinner and like throw them in the pan with the eggs and heat them back up and just kind of using what you have on hand um, to make just kind of like get those bonus nutrients in there. So that's awesome. Um, I also like one of my rules, especially with someone who's busy like you, active, et cetera, et cetera, is that I give people permission to kind of um, break the food rules of like breakfast has to look like breakfast. Lunch has to look like what we can just, traditionally consider lunch and same with dinner. So I like to say like Brenner breakfast for dinner. Um, you know, as long as like, you know, it sounds like you have, you guys have worked together to kind of find this, um, I don't know, kind of eating pattern. Um, but some people feel like they couldn't have like those eggs and veggies for dinner, you know, and especially like when you're busy, I know it's a little bit different when you have a family and a family dinner, but when you're really busy and like cracking some eggs in a pan and like heating up leftover veggies is really easy. Um, I also like to kind of just have people keep that in mind that like things don't have to look traditional. Um, as long as we're getting in nutrients, protein, especially for you, healthy fats, some, um, carbs, you know, more often than not whole grains and nutrient rich ones, I'm here for it. So that sounds awesome. Um, before I forget, I do want to just tell you, um, the lipid panel is, takes a little bit longer to change. There are certain biomarkers that we test some, you know, might take one to this panel is typically one to three months to see an impactful change on these biomarkers in your lipid group. There are other biomarkers that can change on a dime, like your blood glucose level. Um, but especially because I want this to be a focus for you. I just want you to keep in mind that it can take, you know, a solid three months to start to see a change in those biomarkers. Um, and just as note, your HDL level or your good cholesterol um, is pretty stubborn and it's pretty highly influenced by genetics. So just something to keep in mind when you're retesting and looking at your results. I don't want people to be discouraged, right? You know, you're not, you know, these things um, do just take some time and some concentrated efforts to make some changes on. Um, but that's, that was a big one I wanted to talk about was your lipid group. But next up is your blood sugar group here. 
So in your blood sugar group, we have two markers just for everybody um, to know. There's your blood glucose level and your hemoglobin A1C. So your blood glucose level, your blood sugar, is one of uh, those biomarkers that can change on a dime. Um, you know, glucose is the body's primary source of fuel. Um, so we need it, but we want to have, you know, this level properly regulated um, for our overall energy or overall health and longevity. Um, you know, this will fluctuate during the day. If you might have cut your fasting a little bit close to um, the time frame. Oh, I sure did. Okay. That's probably <laughs> why this is like, I mean, this, that could play into why this number is a little, is on the higher end. Your blood glucose levels were 99. Um, your fasting, fasting <laughs> blood glucose levels. Um, that's a factor in it as well. And also stress. Um, so this will rise in stress. And even if you are like, Oh, I'm super cool about getting blood draws down. I don't know. Anytime you're going to like a doctor, a medical professional, you know, it, it is a little bit stressful. Um, so that can even play into this fasting blood glucose level being a little bit high, but also knowing that you have a sweet tooth and you kind of have this, you know, your, your foods, it seems like you like to eat when you're feeling stressed out are like jelly beans or candy and, and, and you know, no shame there, but it, it, it's definitely, definitely true. Definitely play into your blood sugar levels, but you're like, you're already making the changes to address that, which is great. Um, and I want to do just touch on the other biomarker in this group, hemoglobin A1C that I mentioned. Um, your doctor also tests this, but no one really, I feel like unless you're kind of in this world, like you've worked with a dietitian or maybe you're familiar um, with someone who might have diabetes or you know, this has kind of been a concern for you or someone in your life. Like a lot of people don't know about hemoglobin A1C. So this marker, it gives us our snapshot of how well our blood sugars are controlled over a three-month time. So my example is when I used to see um, patients with diabetes, this is kind of kind of shows me, oh, were their blood sugar logs like actually accurate? <laughs> you know, when they do would do handwritten blood sugar logs for me, this gives me a picture of, okay, our blood sugar is sitting high most of the time over the three months, and I need to be concerned. Um, because like I mentioned, your blood sugar levels will go up and down during the day, totally normal. So your hemoglobin A1C is 5.1% which is normal. So that tells me that though we got a fasting blood glucose uh, level that was on the higher end, that overall, most of the time that your blood sugar levels are staying, you know, pretty consistent. We're not having really drastic ups and downs. Um, so it's, it's a good snapshot picture that takes out things like cutting our fast too close or, you know, the kind of the stress involved with the whole process of getting Oh, started. I had food at like 11.55 at night. <laughs> like, it was like a conscious decision. I was like, I stayed up to eat that night. It wasn't just like a byproduct of a busy a busy evening. Yeah. Um, I'm going to eat 11.55 because I know, well, first of all, like I have passed out, you know, because of blood tests before. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was like 12 at the time. But it's one of those things you just never forget. Yeah. So... Um, I was like, I don't want to go in there like too fasted. Mm -hmm. So I definitely, I, I, again, I don't know if that made a difference at all. You, you're, it seems like you're intimating that it did. So, uh, but yeah, that, that was the situation that I did put myself in. 
Yeah. I mean, I definitely probably had an influence, you know, of course I can't perfectly say, um, I'm sure also like having a really big sweet tooth also played into it. So I'm thinking it's probably a, a mix of both things, but just something to keep in mind. Um, and I, I get the trauma of passing out during blood draw. I mean, I've done it. It's happened to me before. Um, so whenever I donate blood, I get really like anxious. I'm like, is this the day <laughs> that it's going to happen again? Um, so that's your blood glucose level. Um, and really with your blood sugar group, it's kind of some of the, the same concepts um, as your uh, lipid panel, you know, making sure you're getting enough fiber in um, those high fiber, low sugar fruits, getting enough sleep um, is another big recommendation here. Um, trying to include more probiotic foods in, um, yo, which you're, you said you're now adding yogurt in as a snack, which is great. Um, that will help with this group as well, but I'm sure just kind of already making those adjustments to your diet, like including more protein. So you're not kind of going off the rails on the snacks is going to make a big impact on that as well. Next up, we're looking at your inflammation group. So um, there's a number of markers in here, but you have one of our, the markers in this group off um, a little bit high is your HSCRP. So this is an inflammation indicator. Um, this is the marker of your inflammation levels throughout the body, um, which again, inflammation kind of gets this, this bad rap that like, we want no inflammation at any time. Um, we do want some inflammation in the body, um, especially, you know, getting a little bit from exercise so our body can repair and regenerate. We just don't want to be carrying around a, a lot of inflammation or low-grade inflammation all the time. So this HSCRP shows us, okay, are we carrying around this inflammation in our bodies and we don't know it? Um, your level is 1.8. Um, and your optimal zone just for reference for this is 0, 0.0 to 0. 0.7. Um, and you're in the red, very high zone is three. So you're right in the middle. Um, this, um, you know, tied with your lipid panel as well is something is another reason why I want you to focus on improving your lipid panel too. Um, you know, when I see a lipid panel like this and your HSCRP is falling, you know, on a little bit higher end, um, it can indicate a risk for cardiovascular disease again. So um, definitely something I want you to work on. Um, your other kind of big inflammation indicator were your white blood cells. Those were looking good, um, you know, within your green zone there. So I would want you to start working on this. Um, again, diet is a big one that you can help here, but also making sure we're getting enough rest and recovery. Um, you know, food wise, I typically have people focus on healthy fats, you know, thinking avocados, nuts, seeds, um, you know, olive oil, avocado oil, salmon, um, fiber is another big thing going back to your lipid group and your blood glucose group, uh, magnesium, again, nuts and seeds are a great source of that. Um, and eating a diet high in antioxidants, vitamin A, C, E, and selenium, um, you know, inflammation breeds more inflammation. So we need to just kind of address whatever is causing that inflammation. Um, you know, just because I know you are an athlete and looking to, you know, once we can all race again, get back into racing, um, 
this number can also be high from injuries um, that we might experience as runners often do illness. Um, I always tell the story of I tested two days after Ironman Lake Placid one time and my HSCRP was like 19. Um, <laughs> not good. Um, I mean, it will drop in around seven days after a big event like a marathon or an Ironman or a hard race. Um, so it did drop down, but it, it's kind of, you know, when we see it sitting chronically elevated, we want to do what we can to bring that one down there. Okay. Next was your liver enzymes group. Um, so we have a few markers in here and the first two ALT and AST are enzymes a that are found in the liver, but they're also found in the muscle. Um, so we can see these elevated after hard workouts, hard efforts, because when muscle damage happens, you know, the muscles damage, these enzymes are going to be, um, you know, released from that. So we see these often high in active users. Um, ALT takes a longer time to go down and it can be high for up to 10 days after a difficult activity, just kind of as a, a piece of information for you there. Um, so again, this is, you know, something if you did a hard workout, before no hard workouts before no no hard workouts okay um so that brings me to ggt which is the third one which is only found in the liver so sounds like we need to do a little liver health here um since those three are all elevated that would be another big thing for me for you to focus on as well um so again ggt uh, this can be high if you take a lot of over-the-counter pain medicine. Um, that can happen. Um, some people who don't usually drink alcohol, if they drink near their test, this can elevate their GGT. Um, certain long-term medications can elevate GGT as well. Um, but for these, you know, it sounds like it's not going to be exercise-related. So we want to focus a little bit on diet, um, on what we can do. To get a little bit more, you know, adding in some peanut butter, almond butter, um, really your nuts and seeds are going to be a good, um, you know, kind of focus foods for this sunflower seed oil, um, you know, probiotics can also help as well. Um, making sure we're getting those pr probiotic foods. Um, you could try a probiotic, probiotic, probiotic supplement as well. Um, if you're interested in adding that into. Okay. Yeah. The, from an alcohol perspective, I typically have on average like one drink a night. Okay. You know, I, I, um, I, I don't even remember the last time I was drunk. Yeah. You know, but, um, I also don't go weeks at a time without drinking either. Yeah. So, um, I usually have, yeah, I would say on average is seven to 10 drinks a, a week. Okay. That could also be, I mean, um, a really good spot. Maybe if you cut that back, you know, cut okay. it in half, limit it. Um, just to kind of get these um, liver enzymes in order as well. I think that would be a good um, focus point for you as well. Just for okay. overall health there. Yep. Um, let's see your testosterone group. So up next. So you have three markers in your testosterone group. Um, we have your testosterone levels, your free testosterone, and your SHBG, which is a sex hormone carrier. So your testosterone level is low and there's definitely, you know, things we can do to help 
improve this. Um, you know, we want to look at, again, sleep. Sleep is a really big one in this. Um, you know, I have a lot of athletes who come with low testosterone. You know, I'm not going to tell you to go lift weights um, to increase your testosterone levels. But sleep, rest, and recovery and making sure um, that you're getting in enough healthy fats are the B- three big things to increase your testosterone levels. Um, you know, we use it as part of our like overtraining, um, you know, kind of game ready indicator, um, because we will see this low in people who are overtraining. So we definitely want to get that up as well. Um, your SHBG, this one, you know, typically I see it low in people who are, um, a little bit overweight, you're just like, you're like actually on the line, you know, your bottom end, end of your optimized zone is 25. You are at 25. Um, so I know you said you had some recent weight gain. Um, you know, that could be associated with that as well. For this group, you're going to have the most impact focusing on your testosterone, the sleep recovery, healthy fats. Um, cause sometimes, you know, I'll see someone with low free T, but usually if someone has enough, you know, their total testosterone is optimized, not really worried about that. So the big thing is working on um, getting that total T optimized. That means there's enough testosterone production in the body. So that will be a big focus for you there as well, especially as you're looking to kind of ramp up the training and look at some, you know, running goals in the future. Uh, let's see. Your vitamin D is awesome. Well, your vitamin D. Hold on. You're a little bit low. Sorry. I spoke too soon. You're right on the edge of your optimized zone for vitamin D. Yeah. Um, so typically I take a multivitamin that has vitamin D in it. Um, I, over the last week I ran out of it. Mm. So I got a new shipment in. I don't know. I don't know how much of how much that plays a part. Um, you know, I am outside a fair amount with my kids and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So there is that piece, but um, I was supplementing. And then for you know a week or so, I wasn't supplementing. Okay. I would definitely continue your supplement. Um, you know, what's in your, in your vitamin. Um, and then when you retest, kind of see where you're at. And at that point, you know, if you drop low, we need to increase the supplement. Um, but I would definitely continue it because it has you right in your, um, optimal zone. Um, and you know, with your diet change, you know, you might be getting more, um, you know, from diet, you know, I've talked a lot about healthy fats, salmon, this is a good source, egg yolks, you know, there's small amounts of uh, vitamin in egg yolks, some in cheese. Um, but that fatty, fatty fish like salmon, tuna, mackerel, um, those are going to be good sources as well. So definitely stick with the supplement. Just keep an eye on it. Um, especially as we head into darkness. Um, if someone, if was that, was that a watch, metaphor or was that real? I mean, we already are living in like a weird kind of darkness, but like actual, like, I think I was sitting on my couch yesterday. I was like seven fifty. the sun's already going down. I'm like, I can't, I'm not ready for it. Um, so yes, us, you're in the Northeast, correct? Am I right? I am. I'm in yeah. Rhode Island. You're in Rhode Island. Yeah, I'm in Buffalo. So <sighs> the struggle is going to be real soon. Um, so that's my thing there. Your iron group looks great. 
do a golf clap for that one, um, which is awesome. A plus plus there. All right. Um, your creatine kinase. I just want to touch on this again, being active. So your creatine kinase is another enzyme that's found in the muscles. So you're optimized, A plus plus. Uh, so that shows me that your liver enzymes, we just need to focus on, um, you know, like I said, the diet and, you know, kind of decreasing your intake of alcohol there um, to improve those. So if we saw creatine kinase high with ALT and AST high, I could sit here and be like, yeah, that's, that's muscle damage for sure. Um, but it's good that your creatine kinase is good. Your cortisol level, our stress indicator, stress hormone is optimized. So with everything you have on your plate. That was a shocker. <laughs> that, was, that was a shocker. <laughs> awesome. So keep with it. Um, continue, you know. Diet plays a role in this, but really just making sure we're managing our stress is good. Just keep an eye on it as training stress goes up. I, I, like- I got to be honest with you, CB. I was looking at that. And I'm like, does this invalidate the integrity of the test? The fact that my stress hormones were, were optimized? Oh, my gosh. Right? Sometimes I wonder the same thing, too. Yeah, but no, good. We're gonna we're gonna put that in the in the basket as a win. See, now I don't even have this. Now I can't even put stress as an excuse. It's scientifically proven I'm not stressed out. Right? <laughs> you got those under control. Um, your vitamin B12 is also good. That's awesome. Um, sodium, magnesium, those all look great. A plus there. Calcium, folate, platelets. Everything looks good. Your testosterone to cortisol ratio, this last little piece, um, it's a little low, but again, um, not surprised because your testosterone was low. Again, it's a ratio we're looking at testosterone to cortisol. So if something's out of balance, this number isn't going to be in the optimized zone. Um, this, again, just is kind of an overtraining and stress indicator to kind of see, okay, are, is what I'm doing working to find this like nice balance where my body is, you know, balancing out, um, you know, rest and recovery with the stress I'm putting it under. And, you know, stress is a big thing I talk about with my athletes and active individuals is like stress is stress, no matter where it's coming from. Like you love running, but it's still stress. So we just got to think about the stress bucket sometimes. And, you know, using these biomarkers, you know, you might be like, I got this, like I can take on A, B and C, X, Y, and Z, but you don't really know what's happening again on the inside until you look at these markers. Like you may feel like you're crushing it all, but you may be putting your body kind of in this big hole. So it's good to pay attention to these things, you know, especially as you're getting, you know, hopefully wrapping up your training for some racing next year. Stevie, thank you so much. I'm excited to get to work on all these things. In fact, I've already started since we recorded this about a week ago and things are going well. I can tell you right now, the oatmeal has been a positive development. For me, the the oatmeal, I do, uh, I think it's a half cup of oatmeal and then I do the dried dates on top. So if you go to like the, the, um, the grocery store aisle where you have like like the not the not the canned fruit, but like the the cups of fruit that you put like in a kid's lunchbox, and then there's raisins, and you also can get like the dried dates. I throw some dried dates in there, and it's great. I like. It. I don't even have to add maple syrup to it because the dates I think have some sugar added to them anyway, and it provides just enough sweetness for me. If you're listening to this, you know how I feel about having a sweet tooth. <laughs> it's like it's like at this point, you know, a, a better chance of like. Living without an arm, living without a sweet tooth at this point, you know, it's just so ingrained into who I am, but it provides just enough for me. So I've been having two eggs for breakfast, 
two scrambled eggs, and then I have the oatmeal. Um, you know, it's all you know prepared at once, but that's how I segment it. So I'm, I'm kind of ending with that sweetness, and it's been working well, and it tastes good. So I know it's sustainable. So I'm really into that. So uh, making all the other changes as well. Stevie, thank you so much. Also, I can't recommend this enough. Go to the show notes. Get the link for Inside Tracker or go to the blog, mastering40.com. You'll see the link at the bottom of every single blog post and you just can't miss it. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to MetaP for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. Just representation of soul brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.